I'm hosting another Devil's Pity Party, and you all are invited because it is part two of my crossover with Neil from Devil's State of Mind. Buckle up. We have a lot to discuss. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And it is time for part three of the New Jersey Devils Pity Party. So if you haven't checked out the first two episodes of my party, uh, I posted an episode on Monday in which I talked to Jersey Joe and he gave his stance on the current state of the New Jersey Devils. And then I brought in Neil from Devil State of Mind. And we talked so much that I had to split it up into two episodes. So yesterday, uh, Neil and I basically discussed uh, just where we are at currently and how we got there. Obviously, there were some expectations going into the season, and unfortunately, the Devils just hit a few bumps in the road, and right now, we're still facing those bumps, and it feels as though we're not going to get on any smooth surface anytime soon. But maybe the pause in action temporarily from the NHL can actually do wonders for the New Jersey Devils because it'll give them some time just overall think about what direction they want to take this team in because uh, basically we ended our conversation with me saying that uh, possibly why Lindy Ruff hasn't been shown the door yet is just because let's look at a couple of hypothetical scenarios. So if uh, Lindy Ruff is fired and we get a new head coach and that's four new head coaches for Jack Hughes, who is arguably our best player and the person we're trying to build around in just a two-year span or uh, worst case scenario, we fire Lindy Ruff, we get an interim head coach, and then we find a new replacement head coach, and then that's five new head coaches for Jack Hughes in just a two-year span. So obviously, that doesn't give Jack Hughes, like I said, who is arguably our best player and the person we're trying to build around, that doesn't really give him a set system uh, to overall just build upon because Jack Hughes, part of the reason why he's struggling is just because, unfortunately, he hasn't been given that good enough system from the New Jersey Devils organization. He hasn't been given that opportunity to just thrive in and going from head coach to head coach to head coach from GM to GM obviously doesn't make things any easier so that was the argument that I ended off with with Neil before uh, I, I just say, okay, we're going to have to split this episode up into two parts, but I love bringing Neil onto the show because he provides just that unique insight. He's very passionate about the New Jersey Devils, and he certainly does not hold back any punches, and he will take no prisoners, and he will just be completely honest, and he is not afraid to just basically, it's out of love, but he's not afraid to be hard on the New Jersey Devils, and quite honestly, the New Jersey Devils do need some tough love just because we're not in a too favorable position, and uh, there, there's really just no end in sight in terms of just this rut we're being in and we shouldn't be in this rut like you know every team has a rough patch during the course of their season even the best of the best teams you know will face some sort of hardships you know maybe it's just for a game or two but for us it's like multiple multiple and multiple games so like where do we just break that chain and we just say okay we're we're trying to go to the next level we have all these young uh players we have all this young promise but yet we, we we just can't utilize it and we just can't blossom we can't grow so you know part of that is just the New Jersey Devils they just found the wrong guy to uh take the reins of head coach and uh, obviously hindsight is 2020 but 
uh, for right now. It, it just doesn't seem like Lindy Ruffy is going to be that answer. But Tom Fitzgerald, just based on tweets I'm seeing, uh, is just saying uh, a lot of stuff in support of Lindy Ruff. So like I said in the last episode, I really don't think Lindy Ruff is going to be fired anytime soon. However, we can still uh, talk about hypothetical scenarios. And it's sort of like a silly season discussion because, um, you know, we're just talking about potential new uh, candidates that could be head coach for the Devils. Jersey Joe said he had some insight in terms of just he found a couple anonymous sources saying the Devils are looking for a potential new head coach, but I don't know if they're there quite yet. But here's an interesting fact that I want to share with you guys, and this is courtesy of Robert Inkin Jr. He covers the Devils for the site North Jersey, which is part of the USA Today branch. He said, there's a lot of talk about things not working for the New Jersey Devils, but when have they been able to even try? Since the start of last season, the Devils have played 86 games. The number of those games that have had Jack Hughes, Nico Heizer, and Mackenzie Blackwood all playing 21. So that's a very unique perspective to have because the Devils just have not been healthy the last couple of seasons because Jack Hughes has had to deal with a shoulder injury uh, during the course of this year. Then last year, Mackenzie Blackwood and uh, Nico Heizer had their fair share of COVID problems and Nico Heizer also just couldn't catch a break. He was dealing with that lower uh, body injury coming into last season and then unfortunately he got hit in the face by a slap shot from P.K. Subban. So that was just a freak accident and uh, nothing he could do there. So Nico Heizer missed about two-thirds of the year. And so, like I said, from Robert Inkin Jr., that's actually a very unique perspective just because the Devils just maybe haven't had the right uh, events just go in their favor just because, like, Jack Hughes, Nico Heizer, and Mackenzie Blackwood, all three players we're trying to rebuild around, they haven't been given an opportunity to just thrive and play uh, with one another too often just because they've had to deal with injuries, they've had to deal with COVID, and they've had to deal with so many other circumstances that maybe it is not fair to just blame Lindy Ruff. Maybe it is the injuries, maybe it is the COVID, maybe it's all that, but some some of those games were just inexcusable to some of the games that we get blown out in, and it's very frustrating, but luckily I have Neil with me to just have this discussion, and basically he's going to uh, provide his perspective. He's going to provide his insight once again in this part two crossover of just what's the next maneuver for the New Jersey Devils organization and where do we go from here. And like I said, we're going to end this show off on a positive note. So it's not all going to be negativity. It's not just going to be a huge pity party. But uh, we as Devils fans are very frustrated just because there's just too much talent on this team to be losing. So we're going to talk to Neil momentarily to begin uh, part two of this awesome pity party crossover. But first, I want to tell you guys something interesting you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge you switch to boost mobile for the power of saving money ever seen those uh boost mobile commercials i I just love it when they do that boost because with boost you get the power of free 5g phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too and the power of one of america's largest 5g networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5g with all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain just how powerful will you become well uh, kanye west did one time say that no one man should have all that power but i feel like you should have all this power in this case so Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And now, this second live read, and I think you're going to love this. Uh, You can bet on it. It comes from BetOnline.ag. So BetOnline has you covered for all this holiday season with 
more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bowls season and pro football playoffs. Go blue, by the way. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available this year. Bet online where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Lockdown Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's talk to Neil and let's get Pity Party part, uh, what, what is this, part three, but part two with Neil underway. Man, that was really confusing to say. Just take it away, Neil. But the problem is that the, the system that we have in place with Lindy Ruff is not good. It doesn't help this team. It doesn't move them in the right direction. Yeah, and I understand... Was not. Putting him on winger uh, when he first came back was not a smart move. But that's, again, that's what I'm talking about, where we're just doing random stuff at this point, and nothing is working. Oh, we stick Nate Bastion in the power play. Granted, he scored last night on a tip-in. Good for him. But 95% of the time, there's no reason that Nate Bastion should be in the, on the power play at all. It was a joke to me when the last power play we had against Philly last week, we had Michael McLeod, Nate Bastion, and, and Mason Geertsen on a power play. To me, that was just like, why? Like, what is the point of that? Like, what, what exactly are we trying to do there? Like, what, what message are you sending? I just think that a lot of what Lenny Ruff is saying is falling on deaf ears. And I think that he's been writing his his pink slip for a while now because I don't think he has any sort of way to defend himself Um you know, by say, you know, of any reason to keep his job. And Fitzgerald may also, it could be a sense of pride. He may just, you know, being a first-time GM, he may not want to admit right away that his first decision at the head coaching position wasn't the right decision. But you know what? Every great general manager, including Lou Lamorello, has made many upon many of bad decisions, whether it be coaches, players, or anything like that. You have to go through your lumps. And there are already several teams in the National Hockey League that have made the decision that they need a new head coach. Travis Green, who was coaching in Vancouver, he was brought in to help develop this young core. They really made a statement in the bubble back in 2020. Last year, they dealt with a huge COVID outbreak at the end of the season, but the players, the young players regressed. Now they go into this year, they're still not playing well, and so the team made the decision. To let, to let him go. They brought in a more experienced coach, a guy who is going to take them to the next level. And that's what you're seeing right now in Vancouver. So to me, I don't care. I, I personally don't care about like, oh, it's already the fourth head coach in Jack Hughes' career. To me, you have to find the right head coach because right now what we have is not working. And I don't see us coming out of it as long as Lindy Ruff is still the man behind the bench. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to uh, change a lot of things, but it could uh, be beneficial for the New Jersey Devils because the thing is, uh, Neil, like I said uh, earlier in this uh, recording, the Devils may be down, but they're certainly not out, but they're not making things any easier on themselves. So no. uh, look at the Metropolitan Division at the time of this recording. So we said the Hurricanes, Capitals, and Rangers are pretty much the teams that are, are going to be a lock for the playoffs. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to be the top three teams 
coming out of the Metropolitan Division because the Hurricanes have 43 points. Capitals also have 43 points. Rangers have 42. Penguins are starting to, like, um, uh, get into that range. Mm-hmm. However, it's just like, um, uh, you know, we're, there's just one one um, losing streak, just, just one wrong timing mm-hmm. for them, and they're going to dip. So they have 39 points right now. And like you said, they're on a six-game win streak. But just last week, you know, we were t- I was talking about saying, not that far away kind of thing right. or a couple of weeks ago, something like that. Right. Then you look at the Blue Jackets, 29 points, the Flyers, 29 points, Devils, 25 points, and the Islanders, 22 points. So quite honestly, realistically, uh, even the Islanders, I, I'll agree with you in this uh, sort of instance, any four of those teams, uh, one losing streak, one win streak, catching uh, lightning in a bottle, the Devils, they're going to, they could try to establish themselves and maybe be that fringe team that barely uh, doesn't make it in, you know, that kind of thing, which is huge improvement for us. Yeah. It just says, okay, we didn't make the playoffs this year. We didn't get the wild card spot that we wanted, We but we were a dark horse. And that's the one thing I was establishing at the beginning of the year, because my expectations were if all goes right, we could be a dark horse team, just like a team that, you know, you don't really sleep on because I was looking at like, Mackenzie Blackwood will be much better. Now he has a, uh, a solidified backup goalie in Jonathan Bernier. And, and Bernier's career is similar to Corey Crawford is being put into question right now just due to his injury. Um, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> for the best. but uh, Similar to Corey Schneider. Same thing. Also, yeah. We just don't have the best of luck when it comes to backup goalies kind of thing. And, and I said this doing Mackenzie nope. Blackwood a disservice because he needs an established backup goalie because – Look, I love Akira Schmidt. I love Nico Dawes. But are we really willing, ready to let one of them be the backup goalie to Mackenzie Blackwood? They're doing great with Utica. Like Utica, uh, the best AHL team on the planet right now. No ifs, ands, right. or buts about that. But I just don't think Akira Schmidt and Nico Dawes are ready to be backup goalies. No, yeah, That's doing them a disservice because you rush them into a role that they're not ready for. Scott Wedgwood, remember, got off to a pretty decent start when he was uh, – the goalie, the man last year for us, but mm-hmm. he quickly fell out of rotation. He, he quickly, yeah. just, you know, went downhill. And yeah. that was because we put him into a situation that he wasn't ready for. But, you know, we had no choice. We, we really had no choice. But my thing is, it's just like, um, you know, I looked at the goalie situation. I looked at uh, Thomas Tatar just because, um, you know, I felt like Tatar was going to be the top six guy. I, I was very headstrong on the fact coming into the season that, hey, Here's our top six guy. Here's the guy we were looking for. Here's a diamond in the rough. Led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring just a few years ago. Uh, yeah. You know, he was benched uh, during the course of their finals runs just because of his defense. But put him on the line of Nico Heischer and Jesper Brat, two decent two-way players, and you can hide him. But mm-hmm. he can provide that offense along with uh, Brat, And then you got Heischer to facilitate, you know, that kind of right. thing. So I was like, put him on that line. And then I was like, Dougie Hamilton, there we go. There's the defenseman we need. There's the glue piece. There's our all-star. There's someone we can help build around. And then Jack Hughes is going to be amazing. Sharon Govich is going to be amazing. Kokanen hopefully will be decent. I hope we run back that uh, that that top line that we had last year. I was saying, <laughs> we got to run that back. And I I will, if you were to tell me that Sharon Govich and Kokanen would have taken huge, huge, huge step backwards to the point where they were healthy scratches alongside with Ty Smith, I just would have laughed in your face and said, yeah, no way. It's that that's unfortunately what happens when um you know a system that is being put in place with this team is not is not good for the players that you have. What makes a great coach is being able to adapt 
to the players that you have and creating a formula and creating a style of play that is best for the team that you have in front of you. I think that Lindy Ruff, uh, I think his system was not bad last year for the team that we had because of how young it was. But to me, when you add guys like Dougie Hamilton, Brian Graves, Tatar, Jonathan Bernier, guys like that to this team, and in some degrees you're going backwards, whether COVID injuries or not, there clearly is a message that needs to be sent to this team that we are not playing at the level that we need to be playing at, and something has to turn around. Now, What's good for the Devils right now is that it's kind of like they're on a bye week for the like in the NFL. They have exactly a week or a little more than a week before their next game. This is a good opportunity for Tom Fitzgerald to really evaluate this whole team and make decisions and make hard-pressed decisions. I would personally love for Fitzgerald to talk to the media, say something to address the problems that we're dealing with right now. And I would love, it it sucks because Lindy Ruff, you know, he has a a tremendous resume and a guy who has been a proven success before. It's not working. It's not working. And something has to change because otherwise we're getting the same results every game. We're getting our asses handed to us and we're not competing. And last night was one of the few times in a while that we've competed. That was the first time in two weeks that we didn't give up four or more goals in a game. And we still lost. We still lost. And the difference was a shorthanded goal. The seventh one we've already given up in 30 games. So to me, It just something in the coaching staff has to change because it's the only thing we haven't tried yet. We've brought in new players. We've changed up the lines. We have different goaltenders. We've had new jerseys. We've done literally everything we can think of except make a coaching change. And I think there's enough evidence around the league right now that will tell you that making a coaching change might not be the worst idea in the world. I think if the Devils got someone else in here who had a different voice, who had a different philosophy, it might actually work. And here's the other thing. Players, when a coach gets fired, usually take this very personally and put the blame on themselves. What it also does is it put motivation on themselves to better themselves and the rest of the team. It gives them motivation to go out there and play better. That's what you're seeing with some of the other teams in the league that have done this. So, again, making a change in the coaching position, to me, is the first thing that needs to be done in order for this turnaround to happen. That is my opinion. Okay, so uh, you you talked about a potential coaching change, and uh, I talked with Jersey Joe about this in uh, yeah. yesterday's episode. He gave a, uh, a list. I, I wrote some of it down, wasn't able to get all of them, but he had an anonymous source basically say, like, the Devils are searching. They're looking at options. However, nothing is set in stone quite yet. So Correct. some of the names that come to mind are Claude Julian, John mm-hmm. Tortorello, um, Kevin Demean, AHL coach. You know, just just some yeah. options right now. Th- th- those were the ones I have down. Yeah. Written, and obviously there's a few others, but th- those were the main ones I was kind of looking at because you got Julian, uh, former Devils head coach a while ago. Like um, like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, bring him back, and he was only there for a season. So like, right. bring him back. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And plus, he's a, if I recall correctly, he's a former Stanley Cup champion. 
Um, Correct. Uh, you know, you got John Tortorello, uh, but, you know, we all know how the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, season last year kind of ended, kind mm-hmm. of forced Seth Jones out of town. And it's just like, you know, they it, it was basically a big circus and we don't need that. Then you got someone like Kevin Demean. I just don't think bringing him up to to the NHL is just the smart move just because yeah. we'd be setting him up for failure at that right. point. And we already have something well-established in our NHL program. Why screw it up? Right. Look, here's the thing. Um, the top two guys... Before, before you answer, basically my yeah. question is like, Go ahead. you know, I listed a few candidates. Do you have a few candidates in mind? Um, like, yeah. who, who do you have in mind to potentially lead the Devils next? I have... Because I haven't spent a whole lot of time with this because, again, I, I want to wait till we actually make the decision to move on from Lindy Ruff, and then I can go from there. Um, but the two guys to me that stand out the most that I think are the best candidates for this team moving forward are Paul Maurice. If he, if he does decide to continue coaching at some point and John Tortorella, which I know a lot of people are against and are not in favor of, but I'm going to explain why I picked John Tortorella. I'll start with Paul Maurice really quick. Paul Maurice has proven for the last 25 years that he is one of the most underrated head coaches in the National Hockey League. And he has been the only head coach of the newly Winnipeg Jets. I mean, granted, it's been 10 years, but, you know, the newly Winnipeg Jets, he's been there since the beginning. And he has had a huge amount of success and only recently have things started to not go as well. But I believe that Paul Maurice still is a very, very good head coach. I believe that he still wants to coach. I just think that he wants a break right now with everything that's going on. I think he just wants a break. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he was available and was interested in coaching next season. Um, So he would be somebody that you probably wouldn't even get a chance to talk to Till the offseason, which, again, the Devils may be looking more towards the line of having an interim coach for the rest of the season and then making a final decision on a long-term head coach at the end of the year. But I believe that Paul Maurice would be a really, really good guy. He has a strong voice. I think he has a system that is really, really good offensively. I think it could get the best out of the team that we have right now. And he had a lot of success with guys like Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Patrick Laine, um, O'Connor. You had Nikolai Ehlers. They've had a lot of guys. And again, they you have to remember, the Jets are not terrible this year. There are three points out of a playoff spot. It's just that they're not generating the same success that they've had in years past. What are you talking about? The Jets are terrible. They've been an embarrassment to New York. Oh, you're talking about the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, I see what you did there. That was good. That was good. No, but the Winnipeg Jets are right right in the thick of things. But again, Maurice felt like it was time to move along with someone else being in charge, needing a new voice to get those guys going. I get that. Totally get that. Now, why do I bring up John Tortorella? I understand how people feel about the yelling and screaming type coach, the one that gets in players' faces and things like that. But the thing about it is that John Tortorella has just is a big demander. He demands a lot from his players. He demands a lot from them to go out there and perform. And honestly, I wouldn't be against Tortorella coming in for the rest of the season because I think this team needs a louder voice and a more demanding voice. And that's the way I look at it. Sometimes I feel like these these young players need to be kicked in the ass to get going. Because I hear a lot of our fans say this. 
Oh, why does it seem like our bottom six players are the ones that go out there and give it 110%, but our top players are not, you know, giving it all all the time? You can thank Miles Wood for that. You can thank Miles Wood for that. If this is the case, if this is the case, Trey, then you need a coach to come in, kick open the door, and literally look at these players' eyes and say, do you guys not have any pride? Are you, do you guys enjoy losing six in a row? Do you enjoy being a doormat again? Do you enjoy this? Is this fun for you? Because if it is, your ass is out of here. Like, that's exactly what it is to me. So for me personally, I would want a guy who's fiery like that, that can come in and change the culture and say, we are no longer going to be a doormat. That's what Fitzgerald said earlier this offseason. He says, we're not going to be a doormat anymore. Okay, so you need to bring in a coach who understands that same philosophy and says, we are no longer going to be this way. We're going to go out there. We're going to be physical. We are going to put goals in the back of the net, and we're going to be using our speed. We are not using our speed enough. We are a very fast team that when we get four lines rolling, a lot of teams have talked about it's very tough to keep up with us. So we just need a louder, stronger voice in there, and that's why – I so badly wanted Gerard Gallant because I knew how strong of a voice he had. Look at how the Rangers are responding to him. They're responding to him very well. Look at Peter Laviolette. His voice is very loud. He is a very, very big, aggressive type coach, and he demands a lot. And the Capitals are giving it to him. Even the even LaPierre, who is a rookie with the Capitals, is responding in kind. So for me, Lindy Ruff is a much more... To, he just he's not the same yelling type of coach that he was about 20 years ago he's much more mild because of where he is in his career where he is in his age and things like that and I think I feel like he has get, one, I feel like he has one foot out the door already because we knew he does we, we, we do we, we knew when we originally got him that this wasn't a long-term solution this was just no. get him to a certain point and then we're going to move on after right. your supposed three-year contract is up I think it's stupid they don't post the coaches uh, contracts online anymore. But, you know, uh, my thing is, it's just like, um, I agree with everything that you're saying. And, um, but, but, you know, Lindy Ruff at this point, he has one foot out the door. And I was talking about with this with Jersey Joe the other day, it seems as though if the devils were to move on from him, here's what they would say. They're going to say, we mutually parted ways. Just out yeah, of they, they will say, they will say the devils and Lindy Ruff have mutually agreed to part ways and blah, blah, blah. Like they won't say that, uh, they have fired him, but granted, when anybody gets fired, when any coach gets fired, that's exactly what they say all the time anyway. So it's not a mutually agreed to part ways. It's it's Tom Fitzgerald saying to Lindy that, yeah, for the sake of the team, he is no longer the head coach of this team. And that's what needs to be done. So for me personally, those are the two top guys. I don't know about other candidates out there. I don't know anything, and I'm not thinking about it. What I'm thinking about is this team needs to make a decision now about the coaching staff because right now it's not working. So and according you need to Ama- somebody. According to Amanda Stein, she just tweeted this out uh, literally a few minutes ago. Uh, she said uh, the communication from Lindy Ruff to his players are second to none. His door is always open. He's out and about. Uh, this was quoted. She was quoting Tom Fitzgerald, obviously the general manager for the uh, New Jersey Devils. And I could see the look on your face. Uh, you don't agree with that, do you? It's bullshit. Excuse my language, but it's bullshit because, look, here's the thing that people have to understand, all right? First of all, I think Amanda Stein does as good of a job as she can possibly do with this team. But you have to remember, she works for the team. She's not a 
outside reporter, an independent reporter reporting for this team. She works for the team. So she can't go out there and get, quote unquote, the dirty stuff or the hard pressing questions because she works for the team. And then you see something like that, which I'm going to have to look at myself. I'm not saying I don't believe it yet. That's exactly what I'm seeing. Yep. I don't get that. I, I lie, I tell I, you not, my dear boy. No, I mean, this is just this is just a cover-up. This is just – Tom Fitzgerald knows the same thing that we all know. We all know. And, and here's the thing. It's the, the communication with Lenny Ruff to his players are second to none. His door is always open. He's out and about. He should, how about he's out, period? We just say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. You should Some definitely see the comments, comments because they're yeah, agreeing the comments with you. The comments are saying the same thing. See – this is wrong. I don't know how many more losses in a row, how much more piss poor playing we have to do for this to change. And the only thing that I can hope for is that if Lindy Ruff is still the head coach, that he uses this week off to really evaluate everything and come back with a fresher, more aggressive type style. Because right now, it's not working and it's not going to work. So that comment to me is stupid. Yeah, I mean, we talked. Basically, you're saying everything that everyone has said, and I like to think of myself as an optimistic kind of person. I think I've been the most patient. I've been the most patient with Lindy Ruff. Um, you know, on my show, I'm just like, look, or I, I say it on Twitter. I say Lindy Ruff doesn't need to go, but Nazardine and Recky need to go definitely. But you know, let's give Lindy Ruff enough. You know, let let's give him some time. But I think that point has passed, and I will. In, that ship in, has sailed, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the thing is, like I said, I I think of myself as a very optimistic Devils fan. I think of myself as a as a patient one too, just because, like you know, I like to see the bright side, and you know, situations like Jack Hughes didn't particularly had the best game against the Vegas Golden Knights, but I took the positive aspects. I said, build on those. Right. But the, the problem I'm having is just like even nice guys have their limits. Even my patience starts to run out and my patience is running out. And it's just like, um, I, the devils are just like a dog chasing their tail. Like, you know, they're, they're just going through the motions. It looks like, and I'm just, I'm just missing that, that assertiveness. I'm missing that aggression. I'm just missing that sense of purpose of why you're on the rink and why you're trying to compete. Because I said, there was no way they were going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. I said, there's no way they play better than I thought they would, but you know, there's no way they were going to beat them. And I was confident that they could beat the Red Wings because the Red Wings, young team, I you know, pretty decent. But, but, and you know, here's a chance for Dawson Mercer to shine against uh, Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider, who are the front runners to win the Calder Memorial Trophy with Lucas Raymond pretty much uh, b- beating his teammate in the dust at this point, barring anything catastrophic. Right. But here's a chance for Dawson Mercer to at least pass Trevor Zegras on that, um, for that contention, just because, Trevor Zegras had that great assist that was trending all over hockey Twitter. And, and, you know, I was just like, yep, after that, Dawson Mercer has definitely fallen uh, another position. In Dawson Mercer, in my opinion, has dropped out of the top five because, again, he hasn't done very much in the last 10, 12 games. He, and he is just one of the many examples of the system that the coaching staff has is just sucking the hockey out of these guys. They're just they're, they forget how to play. They're they're ultra passive they pass the puck way more than they should they pass it when they should shoot they shoot when they should pass everything is fast backwards it's it's really frustrating to watch and seeing a comment like that uh you know from Tom Fitzgerald to me just confirms that the team is going to continue to go a status quo 
for reasons that nobody can logically come up with other than the ownership just continuing to not give a rat's a rat's ass. And that's really that, that's really all I really have to say about that. So we've talked about coaching. We've talked about the issues for the Devils. Uh, I, like I said, I'm a positive person, so I want to yeah. end on a positive note. Has there sure. been a player who's like just exceeded your expectations? Like a player coming into the season you didn't really think much of and they somehow, someway surprised you or maybe there was a player who is continuing right where they left off last season or the season prior, whatever the case might be. Is there a player who's got your eye right now? I think it's got to be Dougie Hamilton. I think Dougie Hamilton has lived up to the hype that he had coming into uh, New Jersey. I think he's that number one uh, lockdown defenseman that we needed. And I think that he has been uh, just as advertised. Recently, he hasn't been playing well. But then again, who really has been playing well, honestly? Um, So for me, I would definitely say it's Dougie Hamilton. I'm very, very much impressed with him. He doesn't do a whole lot that really irritates me. He's just back there doing what he can with the situation that we're in and still being able to to do some things. So for me, it's definitely uh, number seven. I'm going to go with Andreas Johnson or Andreas Johnson as he's going by now. It's, it's Johnson now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't get it, but you know, uh, coming into this year, I just said for Johnson and I said on my show yesterday, I was just like, okay, uh, look, his first season with the devils was pretty lackluster to say the least. And that's putting it nicely. Albeit I think he got injured towards the end of the year, but I was just like, um, okay, give him time. J- just give him at least half a season to redeem himself. And he, 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 at one point he went on a very hot streak and he he's now surpassed the amount of points that he had last season by a good mile. And we're not even halfway done with the season yet. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where he can potentially go. And I think that was a pretty decent trade for the devils because his numbers with the Toronto Maple Leafs, nothing special, but at the same time, that's right. special to us. We need that kind of production. So right. for me, it's Andreas Johnson just because so many people were clowning on him. So many people were hating on him. So many people were saying, we need to get rid of him, but I was just like in the exit meeting interviews. I was just like, "Hold up, like let let's give Janssen just one more chance, and at, at the very least, just give him half a season to pr- prove himself. If he's not performing up to par by the trade deadline, then look to ship him because you know he, I think he's yeah. in year two of his three year contract. Don't quote me on that, but um, I was just like, you know, while he still has some significant time left on his contract then you need to get rid of him uh, while, while his value is still somewhat decent. Because if he has two bad seasons in a row, then, you know, it will be very hard to get rid of him and you're basically stuck with him. Whereas, you know, if he has a bad season and a half, then I'm just like, okay, you know, you can make the sales pitch. Like he just hasn't worked out for us. Maybe he'll work out for you. Look where his numbers were for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, that kind of thing. So I think for me, it's Andreas Janssen. And uh, finishing it off, like, uh, what are your expectations going the rest of the way? Um, dude, look, I, I, I get it. It's frustrating, <laughs> dark place, but just yeah. looking ahead, is there any sort of way besides the obvious of maybe getting a change of leadership? Is there any chance the Devils can just turn this around and go on some sort of win streak? Well, I say this all the time when I broadcast hockey, that hockey is a magical, unpredictable sport, and you really never know what could happen in any game. Um, you know, there's things that you can assume, there's things that you can point out that uh, a lot of time will end up happening. But really, when you look at it from the nitty gritty, um, you never know what could happen in any hockey game. So I do think that there are possibilities that this team can turn it around. It's only 30 games into the season. You got 52 games to go. 
you have a whole week off until you play your your next game. So you give yourself the opportunity to really rest, uh, spend some time with family, celebrate the holidays, and also reflect and and go from there. I think that those are all very positive things. And plus, we're going to get some guys back like Nico Heischer, Ryan Graves, um, you know, off of the COVID protocol. So that's good. So we'll be a you know, we'll be a healthier team by the time we play St. Louis. Um, so those, so those are the, the positives that I would try to look at going forward and, um, you know, just kind of go from there. Yeah. I think for me, it's just like, what we're down, we're certainly down and it in the, and it's a long tunnel, but it's also a long season. A lot can happen. And I'm just like, we're probably not going to see Miles Wood this year. I said I, I'd be very, very, very surprised if if he makes even a single game return this year. I think the Devils are going to shut him out for the rest of the year, quite honestly. It might not be the popular opinion, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, in terms for the COVID thing, I think, and this is also an unpopular opinion, I think that the NHL should take the NFL route, which is stop uh, testing vaccinated players who are asymptomatic, <laughs> in my opinion. Yep. It, yeah, it's it, it's definitely become a problem with that 100%. Because yeah. my, my question to the NHL is how long can you keep this up for? You can't keep it up for five years. It, it's just not possible. Right, you're, of you're, course. You're going to lose a lot of star players. You're going to lose a lot of revenue. You're going to lose a lot of money. And that's not just for the NHL. That's for all the sports leagues. If you keep – Of course. I, I think we need to stop testing vaccinated players who are asymptomatic, in, in my opinion. Yeah, So I, that makes sense. Yeah, so like I said, not the most popular opinion, but that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Um, gotcha. And as for the Devils, I believe we could go on a five-game win streak come midseason. I, I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities, but things need to change. And I think Absolutely. change is going to happen. We just got to be patient like we've always been. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just got to right now refresh our patience because we're not going to see the team <laughs> for like another week. I'm sure, we can, get- I'm, I'm sure we can, we'll be just fine towards the uh, end of the season. Maybe we'll show some sort of improvement because last year, uh, we showed some sort of improvement towards the end. It, it didn't count for anything really. And, you know, it was pointless at that point, but we still went on like a, uh, like a, a little bit of a win streak and we, right. won, we won more games than we lost towards the end of the stretch. And after losing what, like 10 games in a row, 10, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, 10 or 10. Well, yeah, 10. Okay. Good. 10. Cause I know yep. during that course we lost an OT and we were able to get a point. So I was just like, right. Yeah. So 10 regulation games. So yeah. Uh, Neil, uh, I'm glad we were able to do this. And all yep. I can say to you is just stay positive. And uh, the season, trying. it's not halfway done yet. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. But thanks for having me on today, man. This was great. Once again, thank you to Neil from the Devil State of Mind podcast for taking the time out of his day to just do this two-part pity party episode. I love Neil's energy. He's just so affectious. He's very passionate about the New Jersey Devils organization, also very knowledgeable. So please go check out his show. And it's just nice to just talk to a fellow Devils podcaster or Devils uh, news personality, whatever the case might be, just to sulk in the misery. But like I told you guys, there's some positive takeaways from uh, this overall rant of an episode from me and Neil. But at the same time, just remain positive, just remain patient. And there's always light at the end of every uh, long, dark tunnel. However, we're kind of in the middle of that long, dark tunnel. So uh, hopefully we can find our way out. Just keep going straight. But uh, as for today, that's all the time I have for you guys. Uh, So continue you to stay safe and have a wonderful day New Jersey go Devils once again uh, go check out Neil's podcast Devil State of Mind and once again thanks to him for taking time out of his day to do this once again go Devils and I will catch you guys in the next episode thanks for listening